Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. some sound issues um, today. First service was bad. Second service, I saw the speaker, heard the speaker going out a little bit, kind of in and out. So just bear with us. Of course, it doesn't happen while we're doing rehearsal before service, all that stuff that happens during service. So um, if you hear stuff, we know we are going to be working on getting that corrected for next week. So try to focus in because that stuff drives me nuts. Imagine that ADD boy getting distracted. Um, Today, before we get started, um, Pizza with the Pastors is next week, October 7th, here at the church at Sunday night around 5.30. And if you've never been to a Pizza with the Pastors, it's like speed dating with the staff is the best way to describe it. Um, really, we just want to sit down and get to know you. You get to know us, us hear your story, um, and just for you guys to get to know us because we want to be not just a face you see on Sunday. We want to be a pastor to you, to your family, to your kids. We have child care. The last several ones of these have filled up quick. So if you want to do it, I promise you there's nothing to be nervous about. We don't ask you for your first child. Um, we don't ask you... Um, to increase your giving. We don't check your giving. Nothing like that. It's just pizza on us from Hideaway Pizza um, because we believe God has called us to excellent pizza. And... um, we, uh, but we would love to have you come and hang out with us. So please make sure you sign up today um, just because we need to make sure we have enough um, for everyone that wants to come. Today we're in our series called My Dirty Mouth. I hope all of you took the Ephesians 4.29 challenge last week. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, you have one more day to live it out um, because it was all about um, don't let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth, but only what is good and beneficial and a benefit to those who hear them. And we were at our Connect group last Sunday night and half our Connect group was already out of the challenge. They're like, we've already blown it, we're done, Um, but uh, it's, it's... It's really tough, so hopefully you guys have been saying stuff that is beneficial and encouraging to those that you are around. Today I get to talk to you about liar, liar, pants on fire. Liar, liar, pants on fire. And um, today we, we may dismiss lying as a not real big issue in our world, and I'm thinking you're crazy if you think that. Um, I don't know if you've listened to politics recently. I don't know if, I mean, there's a whole hashtag called fake news now. Um, you know, I'm like, everywhere you go, somebody's accusing somebody of lying. I didn't lie, they lied. You know, and somebody's lying, and somebody's like, I didn't really lie, I did this. And, and so, 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 we want to talk about lying. And, and, and here's the reality. As 
as we are followers of Christ, there's got to be something different about us, right? Like for too long, the, the church looks too much like the world and the world looks too much like the church. And you can't tell the difference between people that go to church and people that don't go to church and people that are following Christ and people that aren't following Christ because we're all lying. And there's got to be something that is different about us. And so our key text for this is found in Proverbs 13, verse 3. And it says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. And this verse could not be more true than when it comes to the topic of lying. When it comes to the subject of lying and the effect that lying has on your life, when you lie, it has the potential to cost you to ruin everything. And I'm not just talking about your personal life. I'm talking about your professional life. I'm talking about life in general. It can wipe it out just because you've decided, you've chosen to lie because lying is a choice. No, no matter how you want to excuse it and dismiss it, it's always a choice. And, and we want to make lying this complicated thing. Lying's pretty easy. We want to make lying seem like it's math. Um, it's not. Um, when you and I were in school, um, I did good in math when it was addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, and even when it was fractions. But somewhere along the line, somebody took the numbers and switched them to letters. That's not math. That's the alphabet. And this is a math equation that blows my mind. I don't know if they can put it up there. Um, that blows my mind. There's a math equation that is, I'm like, that, that, that's not math. That's not real. That's fake math, right? Like fake news, <laughs> fake math. Um, I'm like, there's no way that can be real. And when they started introducing letters to instead of numbers, I was out. I was out. I was like, nope, 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 nope. Algebra, algebra two. And you're, and listen, students, I'm about to ruin parents. All the work you've done, parents, I'm about to ruin it. When your Algebra 2 teacher tells you you will use this in life, <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire, she is lying to you. I, I was proud of my D that I made. I was like, mama, a D is passing. That's all I know. This gets me to the next stage. Um, and, and we want to make lying into this, like, math can be hard to understand. Lying, <laughs> we're a little delayed this morning. <laughs> Yeah, that's a real math problem, right? But we want to make math, I mean, lines seem like this equation, like, oh, it's complicated. It's, it's really hard. No, it's not. Lying, li this morning, I'm going to explain the effect of lying. I'm going to explain how lying happens and how to get past lying. And I'm going to do that all within, I'm going to try within 30 minutes, okay? My math's not good, though, so numbers kind of confuse me. So there we go. Um, here's the first thing I want us to understand about lying is that small leads to big. Small leads to big. Small, you don't start off lying with some huge grandiosa lie. No, no, no. You start off with small lies, with, with, with little lies. But can I tell you, little lies turn into big lies. Little lies eventually start covering up for big lies. And we want to say, well, well, we want to excuse it, right? We always want to excuse our lying. Well, it's, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not like it's a big one, Justin. It's a, it's a small one. And we, can I tell you, we excuse our way to regret 
and you excuse your way into a habit, into a lifestyle of lying. Most of the time, the big lies lead to big regrets, and the big regrets lead to big uh, concessions and big indiscretions that all started with something small. Big always, small always turns into big. Lying, this is the best way I can term it, lying always has babies, right? They're like rabbits out there. I mean, they're just popping babies out left and right, left and right. That's, that's lying. That's how it happens. The best way I can describe it is this way. Um, anybody like Lay's barbecue chips? Somebody raise your hand, just one person, quick. Herb, you're, you're my man, Herb. I was looking at you. These are yours after service, because here's why. Here's why. Say, don't say you never get something from church. You got a bag of chips. Um, <laughs> I just never get anything from there. I get a bag of chips. Um, anyways, Lay's potato chips are not a temptation for me. I'm go- they're good. They're good. They're good. Hold on. But if I, my chip of choice is barbecue Lay's. Um, this is the holy grail of potato chips to me. And they used to have a quote, a saying of, I bet you can't eat just one, right? So what they used to say, and I'm not p- opening this bag because I'm telling you, I will sneak this into communion later and you guys will be like, what's it? Is that a chip he's eating? Um, what is that? So some of you are like, that's a great idea. Um, we're not doing that. We're, we're enough sacrilegious as it is at this church. Um, and so, how did that start? You're, hell, you're derailing me. This is a problem this morning. But here's the deal. I can't open these because I know, I know, I know I can't eat just one. Like, when you have a bag of chips that you love that are open, you don't just go by, even if you're having a sandwich, you don't just put a chip on your plate. Come on. Like, I'm just going to sample this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test the challenge. No, you get handfuls. I said handfuls, like plural. Not one. You get bunches of them, and you put them on your plate. Why? Because you're going, it's business time. It's time to get down on the chips. Here's the deal. What is true of Lay's put barbecue? Lay's potato chips in my life is true of lies in yours. You can't just say one. You, you can't just, it, it, oh, I'm just going to sample it. No, 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 no. You can't go, you can't help but go back and keep covering it up because small always leads to big. And here's what we do is we say, well, it's a little thing. And when we convince ourselves that it's okay to say small lies, when it's okay to say little lies, we become okay with lying. That's what happens. Well, how did I come to this lifestyle where I'm just a liar now? Let's just call it the way it is. That I'm just, you're a liar. I'm a liar, whatever it may be. And you're like, you're making me feel uncomfortable because you're calling me a liar. It's what it is. It's simple. We became okay with the little things and now it became our everyday thing. It became our nature. It became our immediate response. Some of us lie about things that we don't need to even lie about, right? You're like, why did you even lie about that? Like, you're like me back in mid-high. Like, I could lie at my, ask my dad. My dad could ask me a question. I'd lie to him just cuz, because that was my nature. That's, that's, I had done it long enough. It had become my native tongue. And some of you lying, you just do it now because it's your nature. How'd you get there? Simple. 
you excuse small. And now it became everyday ordinary life for you, and it's your nature. Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 27 and 28, whoever digs a pit will fall into it. If someone rolls a stone, it will roll back on them. A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. This first verse 26 isn't just put there because whoever digs a pit will fall into it. That's what lying does. Lying digs a pit that you eventually fall in yourself. Lying keeps a shovel in your hand and keeps you digging. And it says this, a lying tongue hates those it hurts. Hear me. The, 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 man, the, so, such the destructive thing about lying is that it doesn't just affect you. It doesn't. It destroys those who are connected to your lie. Because a little lie destroys a ton of trust. A, a little lie destroys a ton, destroys a whole lot of trust. And it starts small. And here's what else I can tell you about things that lying, what starts small always ends up big. The price you think, the small price of lying, right, is always greater than what it says it is. It's always more than you think it's going to be. Well, I just, I just trying to avoid hurting him or hurting her. I just, I'm trying to avoid the argument, right? I, I don't want to hear about why did I go shopping and him say, well, you know, we don't have the budget. So I'm just going to not tell him and I'm just going to lie. I didn't buy those shoes. I didn't buy those shoes. And you're just going to lie about it because I just didn't want to get into it. I just don't have the time. I don't have the energy. You're just going to lie about golfing and where you went and going and seeing a movie with your buddies when you were supposed to be working. I thought you don't have any time for us anymore. And you're like, I just didn't want, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. And can I tell you, when we excuse it away, there's a payment that we have to pay that is always more than we think it's going to be. Because lying destroys trust, but it also makes us live in a state of fear. Like these small lies that have become the reality of our life, now we're afraid we're going to get caught. We're afraid we're, we're, it's going to like come on. And, and let me tell you, as good as you are at lying, the truth will eventually come out. I don't, man, there's some, some people are good liars and a lot of them are in the churches all around America, right? Some of us, we're great at lying, and we think it, well, it's going to be safe. It's gonna, and you, but, but here's the problem. Here's the, the residual effect. It keeps you in a constant state of fear that your lie is going to become unraveled. And you're going to be seen for who you really are. And why would you choose? Because lying isn't something you just do. It's something you choose. Why would you choose to live life that way? Why would you choose to live in panic, to live in fear? I know the Bible says I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. But some of you are choosing to live in a constant spirit of fear because you're constantly choosing to lie. And here's what the Bible says in Luke chapter 8, verse 17. Jesus said this, for all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open. And everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. 
Some of you, that freaks you out. Right? Some of you, this, this would freak me out if my pastor would have read it when I was in mid-high. I'd been like, what? Dad, we need to talk, right? <laughs> we, got, we got to flesh some things out here, Dad, because this verse is creeping on me and haunting my dreams. But, but hear me. No matter how good you are at keeping it covered, and let's play this all the way out. What if you make it all the way to your end of your life, your lies never come out, but your spouse, your kids, your friends have to deal with the fallout from your lies. Is that really what you want to leave them? Because hear me, the lies are going to come out or do you just want to live life in truth? Because here's what I can tell you. When my kids screw up, and they're going to mess up, when my kids screw up, if they come up and say, hey, man, I broke this, hey, I did this, they are met with a whole lot more grace and love than if I catch them in a lie. You lie to me, boy. You kidding me? You know, like, I understand why my mom and dad got so mad when I used to lie. I'm like, don't lie to me, you know? Do the whole clinch talk through my mouth. Um, you just, you get mad, you get upset. And can I tell you the same? What is true for my kids is true for you. You will be met with a lot more grace, love, and just mercy if you just decide to tell the truth instead of covering up with small lie after small lie after small lie. That's how lying works. Second thing about lying is this, is that half always equals whole. A half truth is always a whole lie. A half-truth is always a whole lie. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 through 10, don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. You want to know what a wicked deed is? It's lying, <laughs> right? Don't, don't, Paul just say, stop, stop lying to each other. Stop with it. You, that's who you used to be. Stop being that person now. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. A half-truth is always a whole lie. When we say it's not a lie, it's just a half-truth, that's a lie. Right? Right now we're in a, a, a our culture's like, well, it's, it's not a lie, because that makes us feel better. I didn't lie. I just tell them the whole truth. Well, that's a whole lie then, right? I just didn't tell them the whole truth. That's a whole lie. It, when, when you go to court, you, when you step into court and you're on the witness stand, they ask you, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right? It, they, they don't say, do you swear to tell your truth? or truth as you see it, or truth as they see it, or my truth. No, no, no. Can I tell you, there's not your truth, their truth, my truth. There's just the truth, right? And we need it. Well, it's true to me. That don't mean jack squat, right? Let's talk about this. Let's flesh it. I don't care what's true to you. What's true to the word of God? A whole, a, a, a half truth is a whole lie. The Bible says, Proverbs 12, verse 19 and 22, truthful lips will endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Can I tell you, if all of us here, and I'm asking you guys to keep this up there just for a second, all of us here want to live a significant life. We want to live a life that makes a meaning, the life that makes a difference. And Proverbs is saying this, if you want your life to be lived out significantly, 
Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Are you full of truth? Because the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Can you be trusted? Can you be trusted? And hear me, if you lost your trust because lies became discovered, it takes a while to get that trust back. I'm not talking about the Lord right now. I'm talking about with your relationships with people. Are you full of truth? Because if you're not, your lies that you think are making you look good, that don't make you look good, they just make you feel worse, and they make you unhealthy, man, that's just going to be for a moment. But if you want to live a life of significance, you've got to live it out in truth. So how do we do that? We can't minimize what lying really is. You can't minimize what lying is. And we say it's not the whole truth, it's just a half truth, it's part of the truth, it's not a big lie, it's a white lie, it's a lie. And we can't minimize sin. We gotta call sin what sin is. If we have a problem with lying, that makes us a liar. And until I am willing to recognize my issue and my problem, my issue and my problem can't get better. And until you are willing to recognize your issue and your problem, you're not going to take any action to get better. The third thing I would tell you about lying is that saving face always ends in disgrace. Saying a lie to save face always ends in disgrace. My, my niece, Gabby, um, who is a junior in, at ORU right now, um, and she's been in the FC kids room. I think she's in here now. When she was probably somewhere around three, four years old, uh, we were at her house, and she was, my, my sister made a chocolate cake. She had it on the counter. Gabby comes toddling in, <laughs> like a little curls, big old boofy fro, and just kind of going through, and she smelled cake. And we were all in the living room, and Gabby decided to help herself to some cake, and the cake's on the counter, and Gabby just kind of reaches up there, grabs handfuls of cake, handful, like, hey, me and this, that's Gabby and chocolate cake when she was three or four years old. And she grabs it and shoves it in her mouth, like, and it's going up her nose, it's all over her face. And she didn't just do one, she did several. I mean, just come on, let's, if I'm going to do it, I'm, if I'm going to get caught eating cake, I'm going to eat the middle of your cake, okay? I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to whop. Like, if I'm going to cut that middle out and you have the edges. I'm just, I'm just telling you. That's the Jesus part of that cake. It's not sinful there. Um, and you just get into that cake. And Gabby's just coming in and she comes into the living room, icing all over her face. She's licked her fingers, but you you know when your fingers are stained with cake like and my sister looks at her and Gabby just kind of comes in like <laughs> like nonchalantly like if she could have whistled it would have been like <laughs> you know like and my sister looks at her and goes Gabby did you get into the cake and Gabby looked at my sister and she goes uh uh mama I didn't have no cake and I, I, I lose it. I'm like, oh, this, I'm just like, mm. <laughs> she asked her again, Gabby, Gabby, I'm going to ask you again. Are you sure you didn't have some chocolate cake? No, mama, I never had chocolate cake. <laughs> 
and she grabbed Gabby, she took her to the bathroom, showed her her face, and then there was some other action that happened that reinforced to my little three, four-year-old niece at that time that saving face ends in disgrace and sometimes spankings. Um, Can I tell you, lying never makes you look good or important. It just makes you more dysfunctional and unhealthy. It, it, It never makes you look good or important. It just makes you more dysfunctional and unhealthy. And I love what Mark Twain said. He said, to hide a lie, a thousand lies are needed. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. And for some of us that are getting older, that's a really good quote. Man, you don't have to remember. If you just tell the truth, you don't have to remember all the lies and keep telling lies and keep telling the thousands of lies. Because can I tell you, as, you, as long as you're trying to keep up with appearances, you will constantly be lying. But when you come to a place where you're comfortable being you, and you're not more about being appearance, or keeping up appearances, but just being real and genuine, that's when the truth is lived out. And, and, and we see this played out so beautifully in a story in Exodus. Exodus chapter 32. I'm going to set up the text for us because what has happened, Moses has led the Israelites out and he has gone up to Mount Sinai to have like this epic meeting with God. And he's up there and like Moses is there and God etches the Ten Commandments into stone. Like I imagine like God has laser beams coming out of his eyes, thou shall not kill, you know? And it's just this like, that's not scriptural. This is just where my imagination goes or he just spoke it and boom or he just thought. Anyways, so he has this moment that's going on and Moses is there for a long time. He is up there for a while, and the Israelites, not being patient people, were like, what happened to Mo? I don't know where Mo is. Um, I don't know I don't know if he's just Colorado living and just decided to stay up on the mountain, smoking the reefer. I don't know what. <laughs> this is not scriptural, um, but <laughs> this is what... <laughs> This is what's going, it passed, right? I might as well incorporate it. It's, it's, this is what's going on. And so the Israelites are impatient, they're upset. And, and we pick up Exodus chapter 32. Who said the Bible's boring? Verse one. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Aaron is like the VP of the, of the Israelites. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and, and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, molded it into the shape of a calf. So I want us to read that verse four real quick, just a little bit slower. Then Aaron took the gold, he received the gold, he melted it down, He took the time to melt it and he took the time to mold it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Aaron, check this part out. Aaron saw how excited the people were. So he, nobody asked him to do this. Aaron got caught up in the moment, right? So he built an altar in front of the calf. 
then announced, tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. In essence, they got wasted. Things got crazy up in here. Mount Sinai, the base of Mount Sinai just turned into Vegas. Um, I'm just telling you, that's what happened. And all of a sudden, God's like, hey, Moses, the Israelites are being really dumb right now. And they're celebrating and they're worshiping other gods. It's time for you to go down. So Moses goes down. He gets irate. Moses gets mad. Mo is mad at the people, slams the tablets down. He goes, rips into the people. Talk, how could you do this? Why would you do, read, read the chapter. It's awesome. This whole story is like, ground. anyways, um, gets into it. And then he turns his attention to Aaron. And he said, finally, he turned to Aaron and demanded, what did these people do to you to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Remember, he melted it. He, 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 he received it, he melted it, he molded it. Don't get upset, my Lord, Aaron replied. If anybody called me my Lord, I don't know what I would do. Um, like, calm down, right? Like, you know somebody did something wrong when they're like, my Lord. Um, like, what'd you do? Dad, you're such a good dad, what'd you do? Mom, you're the best mom in the world, what'd you do? Um, you yourself know how evil these people are, it's their fault. They said to me, Make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. They did say that. Here we go. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. And when they brought it to me, I simply threw it into the fire. And whoa, would you know, this calf came out. <laughs> like, this is the chocolate cake moment. Like, I didn't have no cake. No. It's all, like, it melted. It molded itself. There's an altar there. I mean, it just, I don't know how they, and here it is. This lie is so astounding. We're still talking about it thousands and thousands of years later, right? Like, are you kidding me right now, Aaron? Like, you're, you're better than that. Come on, let's, let's get a little bit, I mean, that's creative. I'll give you that. This doesn't make Aaron look good, does it? But why did he lie? Why, why, why did he lie? Because he thought it would keep him out of trouble. It thought it would save him from embarrassment. But can I tell you, lying just creates more trouble and more embarrassment for you and for your life and for those who are attached to your life. Lying, whether it's a golden calf, whether it's chocolate cake, or whether it's something way, way bigger, always ends in disgrace. So how do you and I combat it? Because that's how lying works. It starts small, we justify it, we minimize it, we think it's gonna save us and keep us out of trouble and keep us away from embarrassment, but it doesn't. There's always a bigger price tag to lying than we, what we thought it was gonna be. So how, if you've got a lying problem, how do you get past it? Last point, lying keeps covering up. All you have to do is let it out. All you have to do is confess it, right? You're like, you, you, want, you want me to tell people I lied? Yeah. Wait, 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 but, but Justin, <laughs> that means I have to tell the truth. Uh-huh. Hey, 
We're coming up on Halloween season, right? You guys have seen these before. And I'm about to ruin your life, parents. To all the kids and mid-hires, can I tell you, you work hard for your candy. You work hard for the candy. Um, you work hard for candy. You go and you, you, you dress up and you walk around and people give you free stuff for looking cute. I mean, that's hard work. And you have, like, there's a level of candy. I've talked about this before. Somewhere in the upper echelon is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, peanut M&Ms and Snickers and Butterfingers probably and Kit Kats and um, a, lot, a lot of other things. And then there's just like good and plenty. It's like, who gives good and plenty? You're a communist. Um, you know, like, what are you doing? No kid likes good and plenty. We got good and plenty. Um, anyways, if you bought them, take them back. Get some good candy. Um, anyways, your house should be egged. Anyways, um, <laughs> kids, when you go to bed, I'm about to confess something. When you go to bed... Your parents eat your candy. It's true. They eat it and they eat the best candy that's in there. <laughs> I'm telling you, you get a regular size Snicker bar, it's gone. Like, that's a tax. That's a house candy tax. Just telling you. And here's the deal. My, my youngest daughter was in here and she busted me two years ago on this. I like, where's all my good candy? She goes, Mom, Mom, what's happening to all my candy? Because she counted it. I didn't know. <laughs> she counted her candy. She's like, I had five Kit Kats and seven Reese's peanut butter cups and, you know, seven Snickers. And now I have like three, four, and four. <laughs> because I was good. Like, I would throw the wrappers in and not take the trash to the dumpster. Like, you have not, you're not going to find any, any residue, nothing around. And she goes, are, are you eating my candy, Mom? Are you throwing it away? She goes, I am not. And Chloe looked at me. <laughs> And Chloe is very vocal and very demonstrative in her emotions, and she just scowled at me and goes, Dad! <laughs> and came and just started beating the fire out of me. And I go, Chloe, ice cream comes out after you go to bed. Taco Bueno comes out. We get pizza. We get crazy up in here when you go to bed. Like, I'm an adult. I get to do what I want. <laughs> Here's the deal. I told Chloe, what, how, yes, I've been eating your candy, and now I ask for permission before I have any of her candy, and usually she, let, I'm just like, I'm Jonesing, can I have some candy? She's like, yes, thank you for asking. <laughs> Our relationship's a lot better and healthier, and James, <laughs> James chapter 5, verse 16, some of you are like, what has this got to do with confession? Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Can I tell you this much? What you hide, you protect. What, what you hide, I didn't want to get caught, right? So I was hiding it. And many of us, we don't want to get caught, so we lie about it. And what you hide, you protect. You keep alive. You keep a part of your life. But if it's going to get better... You've got to confess. Because until you confess, it's a light in the darkness. Man, it shines a light in the dark corners of your life. Well, who do I confess to? Well, the first thing I would tell you this, get an accountability partner. 
If you don't have an accountability partner, that is simply fancy wordage for somebody you can be you with, that you can tell your struggles with, that won't talk about you, that is godly. And if you're married, men, you need to be, have an accountability partner that is a man. And women, you need to have an accountability partner that is a woman. That is a dumb, I, I met a man, married man. Yeah, oh, my accountability partner is a single woman in her 20, 20s. I'm like, you're an idiot. Let me, let me accountable, let me get accountable with you right now. You're stupid, right? Like... <laughs> Let's just call this out. That's one, but can I tell you who else you need to confess to? The people you lied to. Thank you, Dennis. The people you lied to, the people that were affected by your lies. Well, they don't know I lied to them. Right. Well, Justin, that's going to hurt my relationship. I'm not telling you there's not going to be a price to pay for your lies. There's always a price to pay for lies. But I, can I tell you? Confession is met with a whole lot more love, grace, and mercy than discovery is. And I'm going to repeat that because I didn't say that in first service and it was really good. <laughs> Confession is met with a whole lot more love, grace, and mercy than discovery is. And it may cost you and it may hurt you, but the healthiest thing you can do is to get real, to get honest, and confess. Confess your sins to one another. Because the alternative is this, to keep covering it up. To keep lying about it. And you're never going to break the stronghold of lies in your relationships, in your life, if you don't do something to combat it. And confession removes the power of lying in your life. But it's something you have to do. It's something I have to do. And confession brings peace to your life, it brings peace to your soul, and it brings health to your relationships. I close with this verse, and it's found in Psalms chapter 32, verse 5. Because some of us, the reality is we've just been lying to ourselves. We've been lying to about how we've been conducting ourselves. And it says this, you'll never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. Confess them and give them up. Then God will show you mercy. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, I pray that, that wherever we are at in this spectrum of life when it comes to, to lying, man, that, that we would combat it with confession. God, there's, your scripture says, the wise man sees danger ahead and takes action to avoid it. But the fool keeps going and destroys himself. And Lord, that scripture is so applicable when it comes to this topic. And so God, I pray, don't let us keep going. Don't let us keep lying. Don't let us know that there's going to be a price to pay that is going to be so steep and so extreme. But Lord, we don't want to deal with the consequences of now. We don't want to deal with the hurt. We don't want to deal with the fallout. God, I pray that we would understand that confession is met with a whole lot more grace, love, and mercy than discovery. And that, Lord, we would have the courage not to just know what to do, but to do it. Because information alone does not bring transformation. It's the application of your word that brings transformation to our lives and to our relationships. And so, God, I pray that in this place, let us be courageous followers of you. Let us not just understand the effect lying has in our life, but let us confess so that we can break the bondage that lie ha lying has had in our life. 
Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. If you're here today and you say, Justin, I'm here and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, we want to give you that chance. Maybe you're here today and you're just not where you need to be in your relationship with them. And that verse at the end of the Bible, end of Psalms 32, verse 5, you'll never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. That's you. You've just been hiding your sins. Nobody knows where you really are in life, but you do. And you've just been more worried about hiding than confessing. Here's the promise that says, confess them and give them up and God will show mercy to you. And this morning, if that's you, I'm going to count to three and I just want you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life and bring your sin into the open. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one and two. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted. Yeah, I see your hand. There's three hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, man, that's me today. There's four. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. There's some things that I've just been more worried about hiding than correcting and confessing. And, And you just say, that's me today. Is there anyone else? You join these four hands that are, yeah, I see. Is there anyone else? You join these five hands before we go any further in service. And if you raise your hand, if you'd repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart, God, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I ask that your grace and mercy would enter my life. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these five individuals a raise their hand? A huge round of applause. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.